Hallelujah. So good to be in the house of the Lord today. How many are ready to get to work? Amen. How many are ready to get to work? I don't mean go back from vacation. You know, a lot of us, we still keep that mindset of, oh, the Sabbath's a day of rest. I just chill out. I don't really push myself. But I'm telling you, when we come into the house of the Lord and when you sit under the Word, you've almost got to take a mentality of, I'm, I'm getting in, I'm getting my mind set, I'm getting the right mindset, I'm getting the right heart set, I'm getting the right focus, as if I were fixing to do my job, as if I was fixing to release my skill because you know it takes just as much skill to receive the word as it does to release it amen doesn't matter how good of a preacher stands in this pulpit if you don't have the skill to receive it it just kind of goes out there and has no impact on your life but you've got to get your mind right you've got to get your spirit right you've got to get your heart right to receive and that takes some effort sometimes that takes effort because I know the first thing that happens when you sit down under the Word is your mind begins to go in a thousand different directions. Some of you will be going on vacation, maybe today, next week. You've got things coming up. Many of you will be going back to work tomorrow, tomorrow's Monday. And we just kind of get our mind into tomorrow instead of being able to stay focused on this moment. I know when I personally sit down with the Word of God and begin to read, man, your mind just begins to like scatter, scatter in so many different directions. But if I can just get my mind focused and say nothing is more important right now than the Word of God. Job said this. He said, I, I desire your Word more than my daily food. How many are already thinking about lunch? <laughs> I desire your word more than my daily food. How many realize that takes effort to be able to push that and to receive that? But you know what? One thing I'm beginning to learn is that hopefully some excitement can come back to the house of God. How many realize hanging around with Jesus was probably pretty exciting? Amen. How many believe Jesus is here today? He's in this place. This should be the most exciting place in town right now. <laughs> this should be the most loud, exciting, over-the-top place to be in Cluiston right now. Because Jesus is here. And when Jesus is in the house, when Jesus is in the house, how many would appreciate somebody ripping a hole in the roof right now. Come on, how many, you know, I, I wish somebody would maybe stir some things up a little bit in this place. But when Jesus in the, is in the house, there's no telling what might happen. So I've got to get my expectation out there. Quit being so cold and callous and, and dead and stir up the fire of God that's down on the inside of me like Paul told his spiritual son, he told his spiritual son, he said, fan into flame the gift of God that's down on the inside of you. So everybody just kind of fan the flame a little bit. There's a fire down on the inside of me. Come on, lift your voice. You can't fan the flame without, hey, lift in a shout. Man, a shout will stir up the fire of God down on the inside of you like nothing else. So on the count of three, we're going to let a good New Harvest Church shout go before I preach. 
because I don't want to preach in an atmosphere where people are thinking about vacation, you're thinking about tomorrow, you're thinking about bills. I don't want to preach in that kind of atmosphere. I want to preach where Jesus is alive. I want to preach where there's a people that knows he's alive and anything can happen. This is the most exciting place on planet Earth. Hallelujah. So on the count of three, I want you to release a shout in this place. Some of you might have to stand up. I cannot sit down and shout. It is impossible. So on the count of three, you don't have to stand. If you can shout seated, that's okay. But on the count of three, let's lift a shout in this place. Stir the fire a little bit down on the inside of you. Let's let the Jesus of the Bible begin to walk the aisles of this place. The one that can open blind eyes, the one that can open deaf ears, the one that can cause the lame to walk. Come on, that's the Jesus we serve. Religion will say that all ceased when the apostle died. No, it did not because it did not start with the apostles. It started with the Holy Ghost. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of me today. And the Bible says it will quicken, bring to life your mortal body. So on the count of three, let's lift a good Holy Ghost shout in this place. One, two, three. Somebody just received their sight. Hallelujah. Somebody was deaf and now they can hear. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, show off in this place today. Show off in New Harvest Church today. In Jesus' name. I've got to be careful. Because if I'm not careful, I will turn this thing into a prayer meeting. And I will make you pray for an hour. For the next 45 minutes, I will drag it out of you. I will beat it out of you. Because I'll tell you something. Until you learn, I told you this in transition, until you learn to release the river down on the inside of you, you're just coming here doing a religious calisthenics. Man, if you can tap into the river... It all begins to change. It all begins to make sense. It all begins to fulfill the real you down on the inside. So, Father, I'm thankful for the presence of God. But I've got a lot of prophetic things in my mind today. But I heard the Holy Ghost say, don't be a shotgun today. You need to be a rifle. How many know the difference between a shotgun and a rifle? Nobody. How many know the difference between a shotgun and a rifle? A shotgun is good at short distances, and if you cannot shoot, it'll just scatter bullets everywhere. It's shrapnel, it's just boom. It's, but a rifle is one bullet targeted for something. So I want to be a rifle today. Say that with me today. Lord, let Pastor Mark be a rifle. I want to be specific. I've got a lot of things going on in my head and in my spirit. A lot of them will be intertwined in what I believe the Lord is saying to us today. I'm going to stay in the same vein. Pastor Chuck has been in on Advance the Cause. I know he he got 
he was in, I talked to him earlier yesterday. He was in the vein last week. How many realize that? He did not care about hot dogs and hamburgers. He got in the vein. And when a preacher gets in the vein, you do not want to hinder that. So he released a word over this house that needs to be released over this nation. How many believe that today? Amen. Put your hands together and thank the Lord for that. What a great word last Sunday. But I want to get back into the vein of advance the cause. Somebody say advance the cause. Advance the cause. And one of the prophetic things that's been in my heart over New Harvest Church was a couple of weeks ago during service, during worship, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, I'm fixing to do some miraculous things in families. I'm fixing to build some families. I'm fixing to take some families from one situation and I'm going to transform them over into another family. They won't even recognize themselves anymore because I'm going to do such a work in families. Somebody say families. And in advancing the cause where Pastor Chuck is preaching out of 1 Samuel 17, there is an issue with families. And I want to go after that today. I thought, you know, it's, it's summertime. You really don't go after it. But you got to go after the giant when the giant is getting in your field. Come on, do you hear what I'm saying? How many realize when Goliath faced David and David faced Goliath, they were on the turf of the Israelites. The Israelites did not go after him. He was on their turf. And when the giant gets on your turf, there is no time to say maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. You've got to strike the giant as soon as he gets on your turf. So I know the atmosphere and the season and the region and the, the climate says it's summertime, take it easy, pick things back up in the fall. We cannot. There is a giant in the land, and somebody must rise up. Now is the time to rise up. Now is the time to rise up and be, and be the mature bride of Christ over this region. I just hear that so strong, but one of the things that kind of gets passed over, not really looked into, David's battle with Goliath. How many realize there were two giants on the battlefield that day? A lot of people don't realize that. There were two giants on the battlefield that day. There was more than one Goliath. And the first giant disqualifies so many people from even getting on the battlefield. We're trying to advance the cause, but if we never get on the battlefield, we'll never be able to pull down the strongholds that have been entrenched over this region for so long. Now let me say this. Advancing the cause is more than a debt retirement program, and it's more than a step to pay off this property and build a new sanctuary. Amen. I need some help right there. Advancing the cause. See, a lot of people think, oh, it's just a, it's a debt retirement campaign. It's a building program. No, it is not. That is one of the aspects. But advancing the cause is growing this body to another level so that we can impact this region on a greater level. I wish I had some people in this house that were passionate about this region. If we don't care about this region, we might as well go home because all we are doing is going through some religious calisthenics 
trying to please God. But God is saying, my heart is for this region. My heart is for the harvest that has not been reached in the Glades region. Will somebody declare there is a harvest? And will somebody declare you are the Lord of the harvest? Send workers, send people who are passionate about the city into this region. I'm telling you, as soon as we lose our passion and our mandate for impacting this region, it's over. All we are doing is putting on a show. We've got to first, number one, remember that why New Harvest Church was started. It wasn't so we could have good worship. It wasn't so we could have good re uh, preaching. It was so that we, we, we could impact this region for the glory of God. That's all it's here for. New Harvest Church is only here for this region. Hallelujah. And I'm amazed. I may not even get to my notes. But I'm amazed in the story of David and Goliath. The first giant he had to defeat was his own family. How many have some family issues? Man. How many have some family issues? I guarantee you, if you've got a family, if you came from a family, you've got some issues. But you see, that's the problem. That's the elephant in the room nobody wants to talk about. I want to be able to get from God and do for God what he's called me to do, but I don't want to have to confront my family issues. Until we confront our family issues, we will never even get on the battlefield to advance the cause. So how many have some family issues? I'll be the first one to... It doesn't mean that... It doesn't mean that your marriage is a wreck, your children are a mess. It doesn't mean that. It just means that there's a, maybe some dysfunction. Things just aren't right. Things, there may be some division, some dissension, some jealousy, some envy. How many have some of that going on in your family? Amen. You want to see some of that? Wait till one of your elders die in your family. You'll see some things come out that you did not think existed. There's some underlying family failure currents in all of our families that must be overcome. Now, when I say overcome, I don't mean that we fix them all. How many realize that's not your job? And God has not called us to fix our family problems. Amen? Amen. God has not called me to fix my family problems. He has simply called me to get to a place where those problems, whether I inflicted them or they're being inflicted on me, no longer have an impact on me that could possibly keep me off the battlefield of destroying the giant of my life. Amen. That's when family problems become family problems, when they keep you from pursuing the cause. I'm not going to read. It'll take too much time. But here's the story. Let me lay it out. We've heard it over the last few weeks. Jesse, David's father, says, Your sons are in the Valley of Elah fighting the Philistines. Take this food. Go to them. Bless them with this food and this nourishment. Thank you, Pastor Porter. And get news about the battle from them. 
David immediately makes arrangements to leave the sheep that he's responsible for with another servant. And immediately he takes the provisions and he sets out for the valley of Elah. No idea that Goliath is there. No idea that 1 Samuel 17 even exists. He has no idea what he's walking into. All he knows is, I'm going to bless my family. Oh, hallelujah. All I know right now, I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. The only thing driving me right now is blessing my family. He gets to the Valley of Elah. He sees that they've already drawn up battle lines. The, the armies are facing each other. David, it says, leaves the provisions that he brought for his brothers with the keeper of supplies, and he runs to the battlefield. Amen. Come here, Elijah. I need you to sit up front for me. Now, he may have been a little older than Elijah. Come sit up front for me just to give me a visual and give them a visual. I may pull you up here in just a minute. Are you able? Amen. Thank you. He leaves the provisions with the keeper of supplies, runs to the battlefield. Now, you've got to remember about David. He's the youngest of eight. The first family failure he had to overcome is not even being invited to the party. How many have ever been there before? And I'm talking about the party where you're fixing to receive an anointing that will not only change your life, but it will forever change the life of the nation of Israel. Somebody say, that's heavy. And he was left out. That party was for him, and he was left out. Family problems. Dad doesn't even think you're qualified or able to take up the mantle of a fresh anointing to make an impact. Who knows why? It doesn't matter. Don't spend your life trying to figure out why. Just go when you're called. David, come. The prophet's in the house. So anyway, David leaves the provisions with the keeper of supplies, runs to the battlefield, greets his brothers. Hey, brothers, what's going on? Woo, what's happening? I brought y'all some cheese and some donuts. Hallelujah. What's going on? And at the very time he ran to greet his brothers, the Bible says that the champion Goliath stepped out from the ranks and began his daily taunt. Send me a man. Come here, Elijah. That's like me and Elijah. Send me a man. And this guy shows up. Come on, do you see what I'm saying? Amen. Be seated. Send me a man. Send me your best soldier to fight me one-on-one. -on -one. If I win, you will serve us. If you win, we will serve you. Send me a man, you chicken fried Israelites. I will give your carcasses as food for the birds of the air, you bunch of chickens. Chickens. Send me a man. And David hears him. David hears him. Come here, Elijah, one more time. David hears him, and he kind of throws up his arms. 
what the? Come on, do you hear what I'm saying? What is, what is this? What's going on here? Who is this guy? Who is this guy that is defying the armies of the God of Israel? You can be seated, Elijah. Who is this guy? Now, the thing that amazes me the most about all of this, the youngest, most unqualified person in the batch has the most heart for the nation as any of those fighting men who are lined up to fight the Philistines. How does a, some say 13, 13, remember when you were 13, you couldn't even tie your shoes. Come on, do you hear what I'm saying? Your mom had to pack your lunch. 13, 13, and he's got a heart for the nation. Wow, wow. He's got other brothers, even his oldest, Eliab, the oldest of the bunch was there. All they were trying to do was stay alive. But David runs up there and says, who is this guy who is defying the armies of the God of Israel? Who is this that thinks he can stand against God and stand and walk onto our territory and begin to try to take over? Doesn't anyone care about the land anymore. And I thought 1 Samuel 17 could be played out in 2021 of the United States of America. So David begins to inquire because he hears guys talking. You see this guy who comes out and he hears the armies talking. All they're doing is talking. No action. Look at somebody and say, I'll talk. No action. Oh, I'll talk. No action. I'll talk. No action. And they say, see this guy who comes out and defies the armies of Israel? The king will give great wealth to the man who defeats him. Now, this could be a good or bad thing. He will give his daughter in marriage. Could be just an attempt to get rid of a bratty daughter. You hear what I'm saying? But Michael was a prized daughter. I mean, she was, he will give his daughter in marriage to the man. 13. Can you see getting fired? Oh, yeah, baby. You hear what I'm talking about? David's getting married tonight. But he will give his daughter in marriage to the man. Number one, great wealth. Number two, listen to this one. He'll give him a family. Somebody say hallelujah. He will give him the means of starting his own family. Now, we could go on and talk about Michael and what a curse she ended up being to David. But the third thing is he will exempt his family. This ought to make some of y'all run. He will exempt his family. Somebody say family. He will exempt his family from paying taxes in Israel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let them, let them raise the taxes. I am tax exempt. Look at somebody and say, I am tax exempt. Legally. Somebody say legally. <laughs> I am tax exempt legally. 
Hallelujah. Great wealth. Start a family. And he will exempt your family from taxes. Taxes, not Texas. Taxes. And David says, whoa, that's a pretty good deal. I'm only 13, and that gets me excited. I'm telling you, when was the last time you got excited about serving the Lord? If we're not excited about advancing the cause, family issues will put us on the sidelines. We'll be all talk, no action. I'm tired of talk. I'm tired of talk. I want to see somebody bring some action. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love, I believe it's powerful. You got to release your voice. But sooner or later, you got to release your feet and your hands and your heart and your passion and your gift. Amen. See, there's a giant in the land and there's gifts that nobody's using. Come on. Because they don't care about the land. The number one thing that helped David overcome his family issues was he cared about the land. He was probably the youngest. Maybe the keeper of provisions was 12. He was 13. But he was just a young kid, and he's running into this battle concerned about the nation of Israel. Wow. Don't we need to see a young generation start caring about America again? I'm telling you, this could play out. This could play out today. There is a desperate need for somebody to rise up with some maturity. I don't care if they're 13 or 30 or 60. Somebody's got to rise up and get some maturity in their bones and say, you know what? I'm tired of just talking and not doing anything. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to get myself into a place where I can be qualified to fight this giant. Act 2, David's brothers hear about him asking, what are we doing again, man? Remind me. I want to make sure. I want to make sure I need the confirmation. I need some confirmation. Man, this guy over here told me um, a lot of money, a wife, and no taxes. Is that right? That's right, man. That's what the king's been saying. Okay, just wanted to make sure you weren't just had bad pizza last night. Wanted to confirm that. Well, and David's walking around and confirming that. His brothers hear what he's asking and what he's saying. And it says, Eliab the oldest heard what David was saying. How many have an older brother or sister? Don't you hate them? No, I'm kidding. Amen. I'm the youngest. I've got an older brother and an older sister. But Eliab says, Eliab hears what David is asking. What is this kid doing? I know he's anointed and all that and Samuel at the house and new anointing and fresh anointing to be the king of Israel. Blah, blah, blah. What is he doing? And the Bible says that Eliab burned with anger towards David. Wow. He burned with anger towards David. Eliab the oldest was pouting 
about the strength and the confidence of the youngest. I'm telling you, it's flip-flop. It's flip-flop. Amen. We've got to learn to see the younger generation a lot differently. Somebody say amen. But the Bible says that Eliab burned with anger. Burned with anger towards David. Now let me tell you something about anger. Anger, whether it's directed towards you or out of you. How many have ever gotten angry? I'm not saying mad or upset or frustrated. I'm talking about anger to where you could feel you didn't have to put a thing on your arm and blow it up. You could feel your blood pressure going, come on, through the roof. How many have ever gotten angry? I mean, to the point, I better pull over. I better stop. I got to get out of here. But the Bible says Eliab's heart burned with anger towards David because he was inquiring about what will be given to the man who defeats this giant. Anger, whether it's directed towards you or out of you, is nothing more than evidence that something threatens you. Hallelujah. Something threatens you. If you get angry at somebody, whether they're in your family or not, if anger runs rampant in your family, you know all it is? Everybody threatens each other. David threatened Eliab because he's got to be thinking in his own mind, what's going to happen if the youngest of my brothers goes out there and beats this guy and me, the tallest, the best looking, the most skilled, the most equipped, is doing nothing but standing back here going, yep, 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 with no action. What's going to happen? I will forever be seen as a chicken, as a weakling. So it threatened him. Somebody say threatened. And Eliab's response to David is this. First, number one is this. Why are you here? Why are you here? Woo! Somebody say, that's a biggie. Why are you here? I'm telling you, if we can't answer that, or if we can't get past that, we'll never face Goliath. We'll stay in this building until Jesus comes back. We'll never believe that we can really do something that can impact this region. Why are you here? Put that up there for me, Kaylin. I think it's verse 28. Isn't that when he confronts him? Verse 28, 1 Samuel 17. Put that up there for me, Kaylin. Somebody? Amen. 1 Samuel 17, 28. I don't want to look at my Bible. I'm running out of time. But why are you here? And the next question is, and who did you leave? Not the sheep. He makes it even more 
just rub salt in the wound. And who did you leave those few little sheep with? There it is. Thank you. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? In other words, why are you here? And number two, what makes you qualified? All you do is keep a few sheep. What makes you qualified to even be here? Wow. Goliath is nothing compared to an older brother who is threatened. Mm. I know how conceited you are. Wow. Don't you hate it when somebody questions your character? Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. Wow. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you, brother, older brother who should be the patron brother, the leader, the guardian, the shepherd over the other brothers. Thank you. What a great compliment. I know how wicked your heart is. Don't you hate it when somebody questions your integrity? Mm. You came down only to watch the battle. What does that mean? You know what? People are accusing you of something that they're doing. Mm. Bam. If somebody's accusing you of being integrous, it's because they are. I mean, the smart aleck in me would have fired back, hey, that's all you're doing. You aren't doing anything. All you're doing is watching. No action, brother. Go to the next verse. I love David's response. Because after all that, after all that, older brother onslaught of pure anger. David doesn't stop and say, you know what? My family is a mess. I might as well just go home. I came here to bless them, be a source of encouragement, let them know that dad cares and he's praying, Sit, bring some cheese and some snacks. How many love snacks? I love snacks. I'm a snackaholic. I would just eat gummy savers all my life. I love snacks, especially on vacation. How many really go overboard on snacks on vacation? Amen. Amen. I definitely do. I was afraid to get on the scale this morning. I've been on vacation for a week. But here's David's response. I thought if anything is more relevant in the 2021 that we are now living in, here's his response. It's not... Hey, bud, I'm sorry, older brother. I know, I know I'm just a little kid. I know, but please, man, give me a shot at this. He doesn't do that. He responds back to his brothers, now what have I done? How many have ever had that response? Man, what have I done now? It's always something to keep me sidelined. There's always something. Let me tell you something. There will always be something in the family 
that can disqualify you from doing the will of God. Amen. See, everybody's looking for this perfect Brady Bunch Christian experience, even in church. How many realize we got family issues here in the house? Amen. But that does not disqualify us. Amen. It only disqualifies us when we let it become stronger than the anointing that's down on the inside of us. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if there's no hope of doing the will of God, as long as I've got family issues, I'm in trouble. Amen. I can tell you story after story that would disqualify a man from preaching the gospel, standing in the pulpit. All of us could. But David's response is this. Now what have I done? What have I done now, Eliab? Said David, can't I even speak? Wow. Can't I even speak? Why do you think the First Amendment and free speech is under such attack right now? Why do you think there's a cancel culture that is raging? Why? Because it's the effort of the enemy to put people under a blanket of disqualification so that they will never even attempt to get in front of a giant. As long as there's family failures and we give in to it, the devil's won. Amen. Because, see, a lot of people believe and a lot of people get saved for the one intention of, I want my family to get better. Now, that's a good, admirable intention. That's good. But what if it never does? What if your son never gets saved? What if your daughter never comes back home? What if your husband never gives into the gospel and bees and it becomes the man of God that God's called him to be. What if that never happens? Does that make me have to just sit there and say, I wish I could do something about this? Hallelujah. Next verse, Caleb. Here's David's response. He turned away. He turned away. He turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the men answered him as before. Now, this is very crucial. Because turning away is not denying there's a problem. Turning away is just saying, I'm not going to let family failures keep me from moving and advancing the cause. Amen. Because he very easily could have said, you know what, you're right. I'm going home, you big jerk. You won. Instead, you're Eliab to me, okay? Man, anger burning. Yeah. Speak to the hand. Remember that? Speak to the hand. Hey, man, remind me one more time, man. I got to get fired up. Remind me one more time, right? Remind me one more time. A lot of money. A hot wife, 
no taxes. That's right. I'm telling you, the call of the Spirit today is just phenomenal how God works. God takes the youngest and what should be the most immature on the battlefield. The anointing comes on him. He's already been anointed by Samuel. Can I get some help? He's already been anointed by Samuel. The anointing takes the youngest of the bunch and what should be the most immature and puts a fire down on the inside of him and makes him make a sound like a mature man. Woo! Look at somebody and say, it's time to make a mature sound. 1 Corinthians 13, Apostle Paul, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I acted like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, woo, when the anointing came on me, when I was anointed from on high, when something grabbed a hold of me and shook me out of my natural into the supernatural, man, hallelujah, when something got a hold of my life, and I became a man. I went from all talk and no action to all action. Hallelujah. When I became a man, I put childish things behind me. I got a word to the men. Grow up and become a man. I got a good response from the ladies on that one. I know it hurts, but I need a response from the men. Yes, you're right. You know why you're seeing so many prominent, strong women take the stage over this nation? It's because the men are still more interested in their childish ways than rising up and taking Goliath by the throat and destroying the giant that's been entrenched over their region. Hallelujah. More interested in games. See, some of you are more interested in the playoff game tonight or last night, whenever it was. I couldn't tell you who's playing who. Had a guy a couple years ago say, man, you want to get into fantasy football? And I said, man, I can't even name 11 players right now. Not that that makes me... But our focus is men. It could be something else that tries to get my attention. I love to fish. Amen. I've got more salt water in me right now because I've been standing in the ocean. Amen. I'm a middle-aged salt. I'm not an old salt. I'm a middle-aged salt. But he turned away and he confirmed what the reward will be. And I want to close with this. I'm telling you, there's never been a call for maturity in the body of Christ more than right now. Man, we are fighting over stuff, and we think we're fighting giants, and the devil's having a heyday. Buddy, you're not even on the battlefield. You're hung up with family failure. Amen. So David runs one more time. Shut up, Eliab. 
appreciate you, love you, came here to bless you, came here to support you, get a report for dad. Sorry you responded to me like that. But what is going to be given to the man? And the Bible says that David asked one more time. And this is where I want to close. Because the subtitle, let me give you the title of my message now. I know it's advancing the cause, but the subtitle for my message is When the Kings Call. I got a prophetic word down in my spirit this week that it's time for the church to be the resource that cities and kings come to and say, hey, how did you do that? How do you make that happen? How do black and white work and serve and worship together? How are you able to do that? All these people want to talk about racial division. Come to New Harvest Church. We figured it out. We figured it out that when there's a cause greater than my family failure, I can get out of that mess. I can turn away from it. See, some of you, God's anointed you. you got to realize that anointing came for you to be able to turn away for the, from the reinforcement of family failures. Amen. Because there are people, they're even in your own church, they're in your own family. All they do is keep reinforcing the failure. That does not help anything. Reinforcing the failure does not help anything. Let me say that again. Reinforcing failure does not help anything. The only thing that helps the cause is getting an anointing down on the inside of you that puts you in the battlefield with the giant that's taunting you. But David asked one more time to the point that it says, and King Saul heard what David, man, I'm telling you, Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. The king heard what a little 13, Elijah, come back up here. The king heard what a little boy, little shepherd boy, little errand boy, come here, hold my hand. The king heard what a little shepherd boy, a little errand boy was inquiring and saying. And he said, go get him. I'm telling you, our nation is in a place that it's going to call on resources. It's going to begin to call on anointed young men and women, parents, families. Go get them. We've got to start inquiring about the right things. Come on and quit reinforcing the failures. Hallelujah. Some of you, your house is nothing more than a movie that reinforces how messed up you are. Amen. You better get you an anointing. You better realize the anointing that's down on the inside of you. Amen. Thank you. But the king said, go get him. I don't care if he just is a boy. There's some fire in him. There's some hunger in him. Amen. There's some spiritual indignation. Thank you, bud. Down on the inside of him. And they go get David and bring him to Saul. And David said, man, listen. I'm going to give you the whole story. A lion, a bear, the feet of both of them. And this Philistine, uncircumcised Philistine, is no different. 
no different. The Bible says Saul tried to put him in his armor. Get this off me, man. I didn't get the lion and the bear with this stuff on. And since Goliath is the same way, it ain't going to take that. It ain't going to take that. Somebody say, it ain't going to take that. See, everybody's waiting on something that they think it's going to take to make it happen. It's already in you. Right. Hallelujah. It ain't going to take that. Amen. Now, who knows if it was before or after the anointing that he killed the lion and the bear. But he already knew there was an anointing. Samuel just physically illustrated it. Amen. All Samuel did was recognize what was already there. He didn't make him anointed. He just recognized what was already there. Go get it. It's already in you. It's already in you. Quit looking for your ship to come in. Quit looking to hit the lottery. Amen. What did I tell you? Wealth. That's what a lot of people are waiting on. Boy, if I just had more money, I could really do something for God. Your marriage to get straightened out. Oh, hallelujah. That's a biggie. Aren't you glad that God can use people with marid, marital dysfunction? Maybe it's not perfect. Amen. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying, hallelujah. I'm thankful that I can turn away from that to something else that gives me the power to cut that thing away. Because listen to me. I'm going to give you this one principle, and then we're going to pray. When I embrace the cause, I sever the power of family failure. When I embrace the cause, that's why I'm telling you, this thing is bigger than paying off debt and putting a shovel in the ground for the next phase of construction. This is about a church coming into its full fruition of why God put it here. And I'm talking about mature to the point that the city begins to come to us. How do you run that feeding program? How do you run that school? Oh, come on. Do you hear what I'm saying? How do you run that school? How do you run that program? Hey, we've been at this. Why, why do you think we're given the opportunity to do the baccalaureate? Now, that may seem insignificant. Maybe you've never been here. It's because we do it right. We do it well. And the city comes to us and says, hey, man, we like what you do. You guys are excellent. Please bless our young people. The kings are going to start calling. And until the kings start calling... We'll never get in front of Goliath. Amen. We've got to get the attention of the kings. When the kings, I'm talking about people in, in influence, don't just get locked into political people. I'm talking about people of influence. Because people of influence, you know what stirs their motor, cranks their engine? Is Influence. Amen. And when they start to see the influence that New Harvest Church is making as a mature body and the sound that we're making as mature saints, it gets the attention of the kings. How are y'all doing that? We've tried this. We've thrown money at it. We've thrown people at it. We've thrown resources at it, resources at it, and it does not change. All you guys begin to do is start talking and things begin to change. Can't I even speak? That's all David needed an opportunity to do. Give me a chance to speak to that thing, and it's over. 
You come to me. Come here, Elijah, one more time. Oh, can't you see this little boy? You know, I said it like a man. You come to me. It's more like it. Maybe he had not gone through the change. But this little boy, big giant, you come to me with spear and a sword. But I come to you in the name of the God whose armies are powered by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Come on, a little boy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. When a mature sound starts being made, giants begin to fall. And the calls can be advanced. I'm telling you, we may come to the end of 20 months, have the debt paid off. But if that's all we've done, we've missed a grand opportunity. We cannot miss the true impact of advancing the cause. How many got some family issues? Come on, get up on your feet. How many have got some things, deep-rooted things? You just need to turn around, turn away today. Come on, declare it. I'm turning away today. Doesn't mean you don't care. But you just realize there's nothing I can do about it. Nothing I can do about it. Some of you were born into it. You had no input at all into the situation. Oh, just turn away from it. Eliab was there before David. Eliab was older. That whole situation was something that David didn't even instigate. Hallelujah. Some of the stuff over you has held you sidelined, and you didn't even instigate it. Today is the day to turn away. Somebody say, turn away. Turn away. I'm turning away. Come on, things have happened in your past, man. They have sidelined you. You're not even fighting the giant. You're not even fighting the giant. Your life is nothing more than all talk and no action. God says, I've called you to be a man of action. I've called you to be a woman of action, a woman of influence, a woman of impact, a man of change, a man of fruitfulness. Father, today, as we begin the steps to advance the cause, first of all, Father, let us see the deep, that deep call to deep. Let us see what you're doing in the deep recesses of the Spirit over this house. Don't let us just see the superficial, practical, economic impact that could be made. But let us see something deeper. Let us see that this is an opportunity to get in the battlefield and face the giants that have held this region captive for centuries. And Father, today, just pray this with me. Father, today, I'm making a choice to turn away from the family failures of my past, of my present. I'm turning away. I'm breaking the hold because I'm embracing the cause. I'm embracing the cause. Every stronghold, every curse, all the anger is under my feet because I've embraced the cause to impact my region. I'm turning away. 
kings will call. Somebody say kings will call. Kings will call. Let me read this and then we'll be dismissed. One of the things that will happen as we begin to advance the cause is those in authority will seek us out to take care of the giants in the land. The church will have the strength and the anointing that's required to destroy entrenched enemies. Kings that have reached their limits will begin to hear the sound of a mature church over the roar of hopelessness. Mature sons make a distinct sound, and that sound is beginning to be released from New Harvest. Don't be surprised when the kings start calling. So lift your voice today. Lift your voice and say, Lord, send me. I want to be a part of that army. I want to be a part of David's army today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I'm telling you, when you get saved and born again, salvation in itself, even without the anointing, salvation in itself has the power to break family curses. Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, if you want to inherit the kingdom of heaven, you must be reborn. It doesn't mean you stop and quit. It means you just start a whole new family. You start a whole and create a whole new family environment over your house. You must be born again. You must change the dynamics of your family. You must stop letting family failures keep you sidelined. In Jesus' name, let me pray for you today. Father, I just pray for your people today that have come out on this Sunday morning. Thank you for the ability to share, preach, and minister. Oh, Father, there's the prophetic down on the inside of me. That's not good enough. I want to see people grab a hold. I want to see people embrace on another level. There are some older saints in here. You can still embrace at another level. Threefold, the older saints to embrace at another level. And I want to encourage you to continue embracing. You've held the ranks. You've held the pillars high for centuries. But now I encourage you to stay in place and continue to embrace the cause. Oh, people that have come. Ah, people that have come on a regular basis, but you have not taken a step to embrace the cause. I call you now in Jesus' name. It's time for you to step up to another level. Oh, you are saved. You are going to heaven. Now it's time to become the man, the woman of God that you've been designed and destined to be. Now is the time to put on your armor, take your gift, take your sling, take your stones, and run to the battle line. And those who have not yet joined, maybe not even saved. I call you to salvation. The enemy's got you under his thumb. And until you give your life to Christ and embrace his cause, amen, you will be lost. You will be lost, and your life will always be under a curse. So today, break the curse. Embrace Jesus. Embrace the cross. Embrace the blood. See the curse of your old man begin to be severed from your life. See the newness of God begin to come to you today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen. Oh, hallelujah. Boy, I'm telling you, if you got family stuff going on, 
I just see heaviness in little pockets. I just declare the heaviness is broken today. The anger, the anger, the threatened atmosphere, brother threatening brother, sister threatening sister, husband threatening wife. I break it now in Jesus' name. Anger, I drive you from this house. Anger accomplishes nothing for the kingdom. Only love. I break the spirit of anger. I break anger. Anger is a spirit. I break it now. Because if you don't break it, your children will grow up in the same atmosphere. Their children. Somebody's got to break it. In Jesus' name. It's broken now. Broken now. In Jesus' name. Broken now. Mature sound. There's a mature sound. And it's not going to come from here. There's a mature sound. A mature sound is distinct. Mature sound. A mature sound. Embrace the cause. And the kings will call. I thank you for that today, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. We love you. Don't forget, there's no prayer on Tuesday night through July. Pastor Chuck will be back next Sunday, as far as I know. Please continue to pray for them. We love you. Hallelujah. We're advancing the cause. Somebody say, we're advancing the cause. We're advancing the cause. We love you. God bless you. In Jesus' name.